0: Thank you, guys. Wasn't that just sweet to a deep, deep level? Thank you, thank you, thank you. Get yourself set up. That's good. It's good to be back. It's good to hear your voices. It's good to see you. Those online, it's, uh, I'm glad you are with us. Uh, we are excited today. As you know, There are. Um, <laughs> 2020 has been quite a season, right? A season of lots of change. Um, I mean, I can come to each one of you, and I'm sure you have a story that's 2020, right? And um, we keep kind of joking, oh, it can't get any worse, right? And now we can't see but 100 yards out our windows, right, because of smoke. So if you hear a, uh, a smoker's voice to I me, mean, I don't smoke, you know, until recently i started, I guess, right? Like all of us. Um, so in that, I am excited for a lot of things. I'm excited, as I said, to have you here, you online. You know, we are fully live, so this is not a recording. So every mess-up, we can't say, let's start again. So just you're going to have to walk through us in every flub-up. This is the original, okay? So we're excited about that. We're excited about the online community. You're going to notice some different things. I don't know if you noticed the camera guy. How many of you noticed the camera guy? Okay. You've got to know this about me, okay? Uh, I don't like anything that's quote-unquote big time, right? Not like feels big time. But the reason we're doing that is because you online, we love you. Our team has worked tirelessly to create a great online experience uh, during this COVID season. And so as we come back, if you have been watching online, uh, you'll notice there's some kind of cool, I'd call intimate shots that break that two-dimensional And it's those shots. So that is what that camera is about. It's not us thinking we're big time, okay? We want to do what God wants us to do. We want to serve everybody. And we understand in this season, uh, there's a lot of people that just cannot be here safely. And we love you. And we want to honor you. So that camera is all about honor and not big time. You with me? Okay, that's what it is. So with that is Try not to pay attention, and I think it was Dalton on the camera. Uh, You can go anywhere you want. If I trip over you, I'm sorry. How's that, okay? The other thing I'm really excited about is our series we're starting now. You know, as we kind of kick off the fall, I know it feels a little different, but what we're going to be talking about is our church's mission and our vision. And this series that we're going to do over the next couple of months is going to set the tone for years to come for North Shore to have impact on our community. And so I couldn't be more excited. So I really want to invite you in to this series. Now, it's a little different. Some of you are just starting to get used to kind of how we go about it, how I teach. I love something called expository teaching. That's verse by verse. I love it. Um, During this series, we won't be that as much. Okay. So hang with me. Uh, So today, Uh, our kind of centerpiece verse, if you want to be kind of somewhere, is Romans 15, 13. So just kind of sit there. um, I'm going to be all over the Bible, okay? Don't try to keep up with me, okay? It'll exhaust you. Um, But Romans 15, 13 really is the centerpiece for today. So let's start with prayer, okay? Will you pray with me? Father God, we love you, and it's good. It's good to be in your house, in your church, with your people. Father, and it's equally as good to know there's people on the other side of those cameras, in their living rooms right now, worshiping with us, having their Bibles open, engaging as a family to what you have to say to us, North Shore Christian Church, your church, and the things that you'd have us do in this land that you've planted us in. So, Father, we give you our mind, our ear, our heart, our very lives right now, will you guide us now for this next couple months as we talk about vision and mission? And we just pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So as we look at our focus as a church, really our focus as a church is our vision. You hear that a lot in vision. And, and we need vision. As people, we need vision. And to illustrate that, just look at the business world. Vision, or where they are going, is one of the key factors in their success or their failures. And we all know it if you just look around us, okay? And the easiest thing that proves that is this little company, you may not have noticed it, called Amazon, okay? Um, Amazon is everywhere, In fact, I just heard they got permission to be in the air. I don't even know what that looks like, flying around packages all over the air, dropping out of the, the sky to us. I mean, it sounds crazy, but that is all because of vision. They want to globally provide every need a person has. That's their vision. Now, what they are doing, and this is probably sad, but they are putting the department store out of business. When I grew up, you know, and I'm old, so sorry, young people, but we would do our school shopping from a catalog. How many of you guys see so older heads? All the gray hairs are not. Oh, I remember. Sears, like it's, you open the catalog, you got it. Sears own the world. Penney's, that's that was the pleasure. You got to go into the store. You know what's happening to them right now? They're closing. Filed bankruptcy because their vision let him there. They didn't have a, as big of a vision as Amazon, and Amazon's taken over the world. You know, and you might want to like let's go get Amazon. We can talk about that later. But you understand how important vision is. Vision is important to God. So really, way more important than how uh, vital is the business. It's important to God. We see all through the Scripture God's pattern of giving His people vision. Think of Abraham in the Old Testament. God laid a vision on his heart for a better land and a great nation. And that's the Abraham story. Think of Moses. God gave him a vision of his people in slavery in Egypt, and they were going to be delivered. The story of Moses. David, young David, is given the vision that he would be king of Israel. And he became, because of vision, the greatest king this earth has ever known. Jesus himself, a person of vision. In Luke 19.10, Jesus gives us his vision. He says, the son of man, which is in reference to him, came to seek and to save the lost. So Jesus' mission is to bring salvation to all who believe and that sets his course on this earth. We need vision. We need vision. God gives us a very clear word a vision in Proverbs 29, 18. i want to read that. Proverbs 29, 18. Where there's no prophetic vision The people cast off restraint. But blessed is he who keeps the law. So very clear, God tells us in the book of wisdom, Proverbs, that vision is important, and not just any vision. Yes, the prophetic, that's Tom, the prophetic vision. God's probably correcting me. If I'm messing up, just come and say, hey, God says this. Um, Is prophetic vision, meaning God's vision. And those who don't follow God's vision, it says they cast off restraint. Some of your translations will say they perish, meaning they crash and they burn when we go our own direction. We go off course of what God has us to do. So it's critical that we have God's vision. He says, if you have my vision, you will be blessed. You'll be blessed. That means having joy and contentment, deep, in your heart. It means being soul satisfied if we follow God's vision. So vision is critical and I am excited to share our vision today. But I want to tell you about our journey to the vision that we're going to be sharing over the course of the next about six to eight weeks. It started this way. Uh, 2018, a couple years ago, I was laying in bed. Some of you have had these nights like this and I'd say this, in a good way, God kept poking me. I just flood my heart and my mind. And you know, you're resting, it's like, oh, yeah, come on, I'm tired, you know? And, and he just kept nudging me, nudging me, and just, this stuff was just floating, flooding my mind and my heart. And and what it was, it was a vision for church. Sit there, and I, in my position at this time, if you don't know, I was a, I think I was a community pastor, maybe the executive pastor. I wasn't the lead pastor. And so, vision for the church, wasn't kind of what I was asked to do. So, but he, he wouldn't stop about two in the morning. So I finally said, okay, because he kept saying, I want you to write this down. So I got out of bed, went out to this room, middle of the night, opened my computer, and I just let his fingers go. And just like, God, what are you saying? So I just wrote this thing out, um, shut the computer down. And I was, okay, that was good. Went back, slept. Forgot all about that, right? And then 2019, over a year later, um, To my surprise, the Lord called me to be the lead pastor here. Uh, And in that, you know, you start having conversations about vision. Okay, in this next season, where are we going? What is God saying? We just start talking. Start talking to the elders and hearing their heart over the years and their their current heart. Start talking to the staff. You know, we have a, a vision team and talking to them a bit. We have a teaching team. I was talking to them. And even looked at a church survey. So our church, uh, about a year or so ago, maybe a little longer, took a, a survey of all the people. And it's just kind of a collection of what the church's heart was and what they saw God doing and wanted God to do in our community and through North Shore. So I looked at that. And then I started putting some thoughts together. And as I said a few seconds ago, I didn't remember what I told you. God woke me up. So I went home one day opened my computer, so I better put these thoughts down because people are starting to ask me, where are you leading us? What's going to be different, right, <laughs> this stuff? Um, and I was, here's my answer, I don't know. <laughs> I was, Let's ask God. Anyway, I opened my computer up and I was going to say, I'm going to start a kind of a, a folder on vision and start kind of working this stuff out, right? That's what you're supposed to do as a leader. So I opened my computer up and I typed in, you know, create a folder called vision and it popped up, do you want to replace the old one? I didn't know I had an old one. So what? I opened that up, and guess what was there? What God woke me up to have me write down. And so I read that, and I compare it to everything I was hearing. In my own heart, from the elders, church staff, from the different teams, from you as a church. And it was really clear. God was speaking a long time ago. He knew this would happen. And so in that, I, well, I started sharing it with people. I said, hey, it's to, as we've been talking about vision, let me slide this over to you. What do you think? I didn't tell them how it came to be. And it was amazing how it was received. And it, I mean, really, some people got tearful. They said, this is what I've been waiting for. Is, can, can we really be this? And I said, okay, here's where this came from. So I am beyond excited to share with you the vision and the mission that God has laid on all of our hearts. Because you'll find that it's a collection of what he is speaking to us. And I can't, can't wait to watch what God does through it. So we're going to look at our mission and our vision. Uh, and it starts with this. It starts with a compelling snapshot. So when you look at a vision plan, it starts with a compelling snapshot. And ours is hope changes everything hope changes everything and to talk about this you have to start with kind of the the elements of a vision plan okay and it starts with a vision statement and a vision statement is your preferred future where you are going the next part is a mission statement and a mission statement says how are we going to get there here's the vision we have how are we going to get there and it goes into what I'm calling a snapshot, you might recognize it as a motto. And that is just a quick picture of who we are and what we believe. And for us at North Shore, who we are are people of hope. What we believe is that hope changes everything. We believe hope changes everything. And see, what happens is this compelling snapshot becomes that first view that people see from afar. So it's what you see in a church from the furthest away is the motto or the snapshot. For us, hope changes everything. And and, and an illustration of what I'm talking about, I want to use Mount Rainier. Most of you know Mount Rainier from here. If you don't, we need to talk, okay? It's really cool. I grew up in eastern Washington, make lots of trips over there. Oh, here it is. So, from Ryegrass Hill, just outside of Ellensburg on I 90, don't know if you guys yeah, see some hands. Woo, um, okay, Ellensburg, shout out to you. Um, when it's really clear, you can see just the top of Mount Rainier peeking over. And I, I mean, yeah, every time I drive over on I 90, I'm hoping it's clear enough to see this. It just still is impressive. From that far away, you get just a glimpse of this mountain, just a little teaser of what is over there, something significant over there, isn't there, you see that picture, but you keep going, you get closer, especially you get on um, I-5, and especially if you go south, my favorite view is you, oh, what, was there another picture, there should be one more, is that it, oh man, there's a, there's another picture, and you're going to know it, okay, another picture, and that is of Mount Rainier from Tacoma, how many of you have ever seen Mount Rainier from Tacoma? I mean, doesn't it blow your mind? You're thinking that little tip right there, it takes up almost a whole horizon. It dwarfs the city. Because as you get closer, you see more clear in all that it offers and what it is. That's what a compelling snapshot is. You see it from a distance and you're drawn to it. See, Jesus used compelling snapshots to draw people to him many examples, but one I want to share with you is in John chapter 4, the woman at the well, okay? So there, Jesus goes to Samaria, lots of teaching on that, but he goes to Samaria, and midday has a conversation with a woman at the well, and they're drawing water, and they start talking about water, and Jesus gives her this compelling statement, John 4, 14. But whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never be thirsty again. He who drinks from the water that I will give him will never be thirsty again. And this woman heard this statement. Never be thirsty again? I want to be never thirsty again. What is this that you speak of? And it drew her to Jesus to find out more. I've got to find out what he's talking about. And they have this amazing conversation. And she learns all that is meant with this living water that is Jesus. And she gets saved. She believes in him and goes back to her community. And leaves them. Because here, a compelling statement, a compelling statement is compelling when it meets needs. She had a need. She was longing deep in her heart. And Jesus had something that would satisfy that. In fact, it satisfied her, the whole community's need because they were waiting for a Savior. And they found out that he was the Messiah. And many of them became saved. See, here, we believe hope changes everything. Our compelling statement. And it's only compelling when it's spoken into need. What does our community need right now? I gave you the answer just so you know. You get an A on this test. But think about it. What does our community need? Hope. What are they experiencing right now? Hopelessness. Hopelessness. Turn the news on. I don't know if you're like me. I could barely turn the news on. It is so depressing. It's so filled with hopelessness. The people are tired. They're weary. There is a state that depression is at an all-time high. Anxiety is at an all-time high right now. People are desperately Lonely. They are frustrated. There is an anger building up everywhere. Suicide rates are, in a very, very scary way, climbing. And in particular, with young people. They're beginning to live in a land in a state of hopelessness. And you feel it everywhere. You feel it everywhere. The divorce rate in 2020, has increased by 34%. There's a hopelessness everywhere. But what we believe, church, and what we are shouting, shouting, is that hope changes everything. We believe that. We believe hope changes everything, and our community needs that. So as we look at that, and we believe that hope changes everything, there is a powerful, powerful message in that statement. What is this hope that we're talking about? What are we talking about? What's this powerful message of hope? It starts with our human story. It starts in the garden for us, in Genesis chapter 2. It starts in the garden with man, with God, in relationship, fellowship, for eternity, and two trees were put in the middle of the garden. The tree of life that represented presence with God and eternity with God. There's a second tree, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And God said, you can eat of every tree except this one, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Because what it represented was death. Sin and separation from God. We know the story. Man ate from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And God, in His great mercy, as soon as man ate from that and death and separation from God entered, He did not want them to eat from the tree of life now. He did not want that to be our eternity. Those two trees, God does not want to mix. And so he evacuated man out of the garden, and he guarded it. Don't come in here. We have to deal with this. And that's when hope entered our human story. Because we long to be back with God in relationship with him forever. And sin and death separated us from that. But God quickly, quickly had an answer for hope. And it's not just a longing, you know, because we think of hope, you think of this thing that might happen. We just hope it happens. You know, I want this for Christmas, whatever. No. Hope is a person. It's a truth. It's a noun. In Titus 2.13, we are given who that hope is. It's the blessed hope. They say we eagerly await the blessed hope. And they're referring to who? Jesus. When we say hope changes everything, it's not a feeling we're talking about. A little tricky thing. If you want to look at hope changes everything, the only thing capitalized in that statement is hope. Why? Because hope's a person. Hope isn't a feeling. Hope isn't something that Boy, I sure hope that happens, and that might work out. No, no, we believe it. Boom, stake in the ground. Hope is a person, the blessed hope. We do this life with our eyes focused on Jesus and Jesus only. John is very clear. There is only one name by which we will be saved, and that's Jesus Christ. In North Shore Christian Church, we will never waver on that. That's the hope we're talking about. It's Jesus. It's a person. Now, Jesus does give us hope through this journey. In Hebrews 6, we are told, right? And that hope becomes, I think it's 620. If I remember, I saw someone writing it down. Maybe 21. But this hope, Jesus, is an anchor for us in the storms of this life. We can anchor to this truth that is Jesus Christ. That's the hope that we have and I love this, in this powerful message, that hope that is Jesus Christ is not a dormant hope. It changes us, changes everything. Debbie read from 1 Peter 1, 1.3 in communion. It says, we are born again into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ born again. And again, we know the biblical story. People are like, what is that talking about? Man, 2 Corinthians tells us, man, we are made new. The old is gone. The new has come. We are a new creation. In who? Christ Jesus. Everything has changed. Everything is new. Think of the impact of what changes in this hope that is Jesus Christ. Our eternity changes with this hope. That's how important this message is. We were talking about people's eternity. It's no simple thing. It's no just chick saying uh, to you know, grow a church. I'm not interested in that at all. I want what Jesus wants. I want people to come to know Jesus Christ so they'll spend eternity with him forever. Right? Eternity changes. Our heart changes. Our heart of stone is changed. We are given a new spirit, Scripture teaches us. Our hearts are changed. Our minds are changed. And Romans tells us our minds are renewed with this hope. Even our motives are changed. Our why, the purpose, the way we do things, the why we do things, the way we approach things, everything changes When hope enters the picture. It is a powerful, powerful message. Hope changes everything. And that's what we believe at North Shore. This is a place. This is a place, if you're watching for the first time, if you're here for the first time, that we believe and we know with confidence, not in our own strength, that hope changes everything. There is nothing that Jesus Christ cannot and will not touch when we surrender our lives to him. We're excited about that. So that inspires our vision statement. And our vision statement, what we believe in this powerful message of hope, of what God can do, we believe this, our vision is to see, to see our communities changed through hope in Jesus one person at a time. Our vision, what we believe hope can do and will do, is to see our communities changed through hope in Jesus, one person at a time. And so as we look at this vision a little closer, i got to watch the time here, I'm doing good, is this is we have the same heart, we share the same heart that the Apostle Paul has in Romans 15, 13. Let's look at that scripture together. Romans 15, 13, the Apostle Paul talking about his community. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. I want to read that again. This is Paul's heart, his prayer. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. We believe that we will see change through the hope in Jesus Christ. Paul is talking about here. He's talking about his community, which are the Jews but he's also talking about his new community that are the Gentiles. And he said, hear all people, is what I pray for you. This is my vision, that you will grow through the God of hope in all joy, all joy and peace. And you would abound in hope. Because Paul believes this is that hope, the God of hope, Jesus, changes everything. And he believes he's going to change his community, and he can change his community, and we know through the witness of Scripture that it changed the world. Right? We are sitting here because that vision, that prayer, was answered. Amen? Amen. Praise God. So let's look a little closer look at our vision statement to see our communities changed through hope in Jesus, one person at a time. So my question is, who are our community? Who's our community? You probably have in your mind, well, my community is our town. You're right. My community is uh, my friend group. You're right, my family. See, your community is Any place you are with somebody else. Wherever you are, guess what? That's your community. That's our people. That's our people. Wherever you're at, because where you go there, guess what? You bring, because of the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, you bring God into that relationship. Wherever you are is your community. And just imagine, just imagine, dream with me just a little bit. Now, hold on, I think I want to go here later. Oh, no, we're going here now. Okay, dream with me just a bit. I I was doing pretty good there. The glasses keep fogging up, but we're doing all right. The Spirit is good. Dream with me just a bit, okay? Imagine what it would look like if hope entered, the hope through Jesus, entered into every one of your relationships just sit with that for a second what if hope entered into your family that Jesus was the centerpiece of your family every circumstance Jesus focused it it solved a lot of problems right you're probably like me, like ooh. You probably think that time that it's not Oh, Sorry, Jesus. Right? Imagine, imagine, your workplace, if hope invaded it. I mean, I had just an amazing conversation with a a, a young family who started a new business, and he was telling me just a couple days ago that his his vision for his business is to be Christ centered. He says, I'm getting all kinds of advice not to make it Christ-centered so I can make money. He says, I'll forego money for Christ to be honored. I can't wait to watch what that business does. I can't wait to watch it. So your workplace, imagine that. Imagine our church. They got to be careful here because not just a belief, but a true practice. If we believed that hope changes everything, that hope can come in, that Jesus can come in and change people's lives. Imagine with every encounter, we believe that to be true. Wow, right? imagine what would happen. Imagine our city if hope invaded it. You Imagine compassion everywhere. What Jesus could do if people trusted in, in the hope that we have through him in our community, our government. I'm so tired of talking about our government. I don't know if you're with me. Like, come on. But I tell you what, it doesn't matter what side you're on in that thing. You are mad right now, okay? If you're happy, it's because you kind of went in the attic and you're hiding until elections are over, right? Um, The frustration is at an all-time high in, in my life. People are mad. They're angry. Imagine this, okay? Go with me here. Dream. What if every person that went to vote brought hope through Jesus with them? Wow. Imagine every policy made was made through hope in Jesus. The way people conducted themselves, whether they were in the government or talking about the government, was filled with hope through Jesus. Imagine that. Imagine that. Do you think we'd have a little different land Yes, that's how powerful hope is. And that's our communities that God wants us to step in and change. And so as we look at our communities, we look at the pace that Scripture sets. How do we do this? How do we envision this happening? Well, we just look to Scriptures. And our pace is this. One person at a time. That's the pace. One person at a time. Because we see this modeled in scripture. The value of one person, a life on a life, one person investing in another person. You look at Luke 15. There's a series of three parables that are given by Jesus as he teaches on the value of one person. It starts with the parable of the lost sheep, and you've all, I'm sure you've heard all these before, You leave the 99 to go find the one, the one that goes astray. That's how important one is. It talks about the lost coin. You have 10 coins, but a woman loses one. And she searches and searches and searches it, finally finds it, the value of that one coin. And then the third one is the lost son, the prodigal son you might know. That one son, there's a good son doing all the right things and celebrate, celebrate. But the father longs and waits and runs to the one son lost. See, we are called to value the one. It says in Luke 15 as well all heaven celebrates when one sinner repents. All of heaven celebrates. When one person repents, it says, how important is one? It's everything. All heaven stops for it. And what should we do? We should stop for one. We should value one. We should pour into one because it's important to Jesus. He sets our pace. Paul talks about it in First Thessalonians 2.8. He's telling us, he I not only shared the gospel with you, but I shared my very life with you. And what he's saying is, is, as I enter this relationship with you, I'm sharing my life. I'm investing in you. And in that investment, I'm carrying the gospel message with me. Because when you invest in one, you bring the gospel message much deeper than just the mind. You with me? I could talk a lot about that. I won't right now, okay? The value of the one. The value of the one. The pace. One person at a time. So I've got two charges for you as I wind down. And I'm going to be inviting Josh and the team up here uh, as I wind down. So two charges for you. First is to be a person of hope. To be a person of hope. And I want to read First Timothy 4.10. And listen, their why and why they work. For to this end we toil and strive because we have our hope set on the living God who is the Savior of all people, especially of those who believe. What's their why? Because they're people of hope. They have the hope. It's the living hope that is their inspiration, their motivation. So it starts with you is being a person of hope. We look at the powerful message of hope and that hope changes everything. The one matters, and that's you. Are you a person of hope? Do you need to grow in hope? Because hope starts with a relationship saying, yes, I believe you, Jesus, are hope. And by you only can I enter in to hope, true hope. And then from there, we grow. So if you haven't made that initial decision, I want to encourage you, come find me, talk to me. Talk to one of the pastors. Talk to somebody who, who you know lives in the living hope of Jesus Christ. But if you know that hope, how is your hope? Do you need to grow and mature in hope? Or are you like a lot of us? in this hopeless world is starting to invade some of your thoughts and feelings getting a little too much attention and Jesus is kind of quieting and all of a sudden all the woes of the world are getting louder and louder you might need to grow in hope step into that talk to God talk to Jesus talk to one of us and then you need to overflow with hope hope is beautiful it's contagious Right. And you all know it. You know when you're with somebody with hope that there's just something different. And Scripture calls us to be ready to give an answer for that hope, right? Be ready because it is so contagious. The next charge I have for you, found in John 17, is to be a person of unity. To be a person of unity. Unity is so important to God, so important to God. You know, so much when Jesus, his last concentrated prayer in the garden in John 17, his focus was unity. Now, I want you to know, as we talk about vision and mission and put words and these taglines and these things, those things are human efforts. Prayerfully inspired by God, but there's something we're going to miss. There's a word we're not gonna use, right. whatever, it's imperfect. But we're pointing to something perfect. Hope, capital H, Jesus Christ, right? That's what we're pointing to, okay? So join us in unity in pointing to the one who can save, who can change everything, Jesus. Give grace, because Ecclesiastes tells us this, that we can do more together. And I think that's why Jesus is praying there in the garden and why he brings up unity, because it it does such kingdom damage when we are not unified. And we squabble about everything. Now we're family members, we're gonna have chats and talks, I'm not talking about that, but this breaking apart, being disunified. We have an opportunity in this vision to say, you know what, not perfect, but it's pointing to something perfect. This is my family. I'm saying, yes, I'm stepping in. We're going to do this together because we could do more together. In John 17, 21, I love where it ends. As Jesus is praying, he says, that unity, so the world may believe, it says. is that crazy? Our unity is a witness to the world around us. Is this love real? Can hope really change everything? Is that a real thing? Well, you people who say you know hope personally, sure are no evidence of it it's all about you it's all about selfish and me 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 and you fight well, i could do that without giving up a sunday right you're with us it's a witness so we need to be unified and i want to invite you into that, at a new level of saying this is my family and i'm committed and this is our vision and our mission and i'm hoping as you heard it started here That you believe what I believe, that it's from the Lord. It is scripture-based, and it can change this world, not by our strength, our efforts, but by his. And then we will lock arms and we will go out and we will change the world in the name of Jesus Christ, by the power of Jesus Christ, together. You with me? Come on, let's do it, church. And there's Josh, all right. Well, we're just gonna end with a song right now. There'll be some uh, pastors up here online. I know there's some pastors available for prayer. If there's anything on your heart and your mind you wanna pray with, we're here. North Shore, I love you, and God bless.